So it's kind of funny. I just heard the snow, and Kelly took care of it. So when I say snow, you all wouldn't know that. That's a certain type of noise in the speaker. There's snow. There's hot connection. If I say Kelly is hot, he knows what I'm saying. If I say Kelly, there's snow, he knows what I'm saying. And when he has to troubleshoot, so what that is is snow is like something. The signal's too hot, but there's a connection. It's just we had a problem this morning with the bass because the bass players, you know, any type of guitar player, they're, they're loud and boisterous and they want to turn it up. And he was up so loud we were getting snow. So I'll say, Kelly, we got snow. You might see some sermons, Kelly, you got snow. That's what that means. Other times there's a that's hot. It's, a, it's a, just a loose wire. It's like a guitar that's not plugged in. And when you hear that's that's a cable that's sitting there live, unmuted. And going strong. If you hear like a, um, just a screaming, chaotic, uh, out of nowhere sound, that's, that's a wireless frequency that doesn't have a connection on the other end. It's going, where's my signal? And it screams at you and it will blow your eardrums. So those are dangerous. But in all these scenarios, like today, you have to solo out the bad frequency. On a soundboard, yeah, we're going to talk soundboard Mixing engineering 101 here, guys, aren't you? Isn't that what you expected? Yeah, yeah. What's the vision for the church? We're going to talk about soundboards. Well, on a soundboard, just to give you a little context, when you're trying to isolate one of the signals, you know, you got your bass player, you got your electric player, you got your acoustic, you got four vocal mics, one's doing the announcements, she's a girl, she talks softer, one's one's preaching, he talks louder and he's really obnoxious, so we got to turn him down because he always blasts their ears. We've got got computer signal, we've got all these signals, and if there's one with a problem, how do you find it? You have to either mute all the others, or how how many are familiar with sound at all in here? Basic, soundboard. There's another button. If you don't want to go through and mute all 30 channels, there's just one you can press. Anybody? Oh. Come on, Kelly. The solo. The solo button. Every channel strip has a solo button, though. That might be studio talk, Kelly. Am I wrong? Do we have a solo button on the board? I'm used to studio, digital. But if you don't want to mute every channel, you just solo the one you're trying to isolate, and everything else goes quiet. And so when you solo the signal, like, okay, which one was creating the snow? We go through and mute all the channels until we find them. Or we could solo channel seven, the bass player. (laughs) There it is. We know it's him because everything else is muted. So we go through that process, a lot of soloing signals or muting them. It's just a quick way to mute it, but we're going to call it solo because it fits my message better. That's what matters. And when we're doing our rehearsal every morning, every Sunday morning, we bring in each channel. And if you have one channel by itself, you could, you know, it could be cool for a second when you crank the electric guitar, but after a while, it kind of gets old. You need some bass in there, you need drums, you need acoustic. Even when Nick's playing, you still need acoustic. <laughs> Nick, come on. Come on, Nick. Nick knows I make fun of him. That's how I show love. My dad said if you're a Gwaltney, you show love by teasing family. So I've inherited that gene, evidently. But when you're together, that's what creates an interesting sound. And when you just have one guy like the drummer who always wants to solo, not that ours would do that, after a while it gets kind of, you know, stale. It's all about me. No, it's about the whole group. It's not about just the one individual. Guitar players, they just love to be loud. 
I can't lie. It's cool, man. If you can't play, just turn it up. Then everybody thinks you're good when you're really just making racket. I mean, that's what Jimi Hendrix did. I'm a Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. Sorry. Post-drugs. Pre-drugs, he was good too. Post-drugs, he was still great. Jimi Hendrix, I don't know. But they could shred all day long. And after a while, you take away the band, it gets old. Even Eddie Van Halen, this morning I looked up some solos to just bring, bring this message to life, and it's the eruption from, anybody know who Eddie Van Halen is? Three people know what Eddie Van Halen, Dan Gwaltney knows what Eddie Van Halen is? Praise Jesus. So he's got this like 14-minute solo, guys, and it's cool, but it's 14 minutes of just him. Like after a while, you feel like you're going to die. It's like, okay, give me some drums. And finally, his brother, I think it's Alex, comes in. Alex Van, Alex, uh, Van Halen, and he comes in. He's do, 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 do. And then they're back into the song. So the solo is cool for a hot minute, but it's not cool all the time. It doesn't sustain when you're isolated all the time. And it's kind of like how we live our lives all the time. Some of us are solo. We walk with the solo button on. I don't need anything else in my mix. And we think it's good. It's good for a while until we come across something we haven't experienced before. And now we need some other components in our mix. We, we start living in solo mode. We've got our solo button on all the time. Isn't it funny how we do that with decision making we make in our life? We forget that it takes a team to do anything. Think about it. It takes a team to do anything, anything, starting from, well, you know, life. It takes a team. And in life, you can have the greatest business idea. You can have the greatest church anointed idea. But if you don't leverage people, you can't succeed. It takes people. It takes people when you go to Starbucks. It takes people to make it. You don't want to get in there and make your own because you know you'd make it all wrong and you'd burn yourself. It takes people to make your Starbucks. It takes people to write your check. It takes people to give you work. It takes people to be hungry to create a business so you have work. It takes people to go to work to make the business succeed. It's, it's, it's both directions. You know, you know, a leader is no good without his, his team, and a team is no good without their leader, and on and on and on. You see, it takes a team for everything, everything. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't make decisions on your own or never do anything alone, but in the grand scheme of life, without some sort of help from others, you would be completely limited. And eventually, that will impact your results. Without support, you're just a branch. Everybody say branch. Like, you know, like a tree branch. Out, you know, from the storm, it's just in the grass. There's, it's dead. It's crispy. You know why it's crispy? Because it's got no supply. It's dried out. It's just a withered branch laying in the grass with no tree trunk to give you nourishment. And without people, your branch is going to dry up. You're just a withering branch. And if you want to grow, then you have to surround yourself with a fruitful trunk, tree, other good branches. You surround yourself with dead branches. Well, guess what you might become? A dead branch. That's who I become. Who I surround myself is who I eventually will. It's not maybe. I will become a product of my environment. It's just a matter of when. 
And this determines the direction I'm able to walk and grow according to God's calling on my life. I don't know why I can't find God's calling, but I keep hanging out with these people who are poisoned in my life. It's because you're hanging out with some dead branches, bro. Get, a, get, get some good water from the, the trunk. You need a trunk that has a supply, that the, 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 the branches are flourishing around you. You need help. It takes a team. Quit living on solo. If we go to the Gospel of John today, it's my favorite gospel. Not that that matters. I just throw that out there. Chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. And might I add that since I mentioned it's my favorite, my favorite part of John is the very last verse. Because he's, I'm summarizing, paraphrasing here, but if God, if we wrote down everything that Jesus did, the world couldn't contain all the books. He's saying, I was there. Like me, the guy, your words you're reading, I was there with Jesus. It's so personal. That's why I love it. Because it's like, whoa, this is not a book anymore. This is, this is real. If I could just show you what he did and write it all down, but enough has been written that you should believe. Not that you should be so amazed that you have no doubt. It's that you believe by faith. Just enough. God gives you enough, not a surplus that you don't need faith. That's why you have faith. Because the world couldn't contain all the books to, to make your belief happen with no faith. Anyway, I digress. I cut back on the coffee, Christine and Michael. Because, uh, you know, it was getting to me. I was got this new coffee grinder at Christmas, and it was getting to me. So I had to pull it back the reins, little buddy. Caffeine, fresh brew, so good. John chapter 15, verse 1 through 8. Jesus is speaking here. He says, I, everybody say, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. In every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide or dwell or stay or live in me. Those are all synonyms. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Or you be a withered old branch in the grass. No vine. I am the vine. You, the body, are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Without me you can do nothing. Without me you can do nothing. Think about that. Jesus not only is the people saying, without a team you can't do anything, but without the Lord you can do nothing. And the world can say, yeah, you got a million Instagram followers, you're doing good, but he says, you're nothing. Without me, you're dead in your trespasses without me. See, he, he's smooth, but he's, he's, for, he's, he's, he's aggressive. You know what I mean? He, he says it in a smooth way, but he's saying, you are nothing without me. You can do nothing without me. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned because they're dried up and they burn good because there's nothing left to them. There's no moisture left. They disappear. They can't last. But if you abide in me, in my words, who is, who is me? I am my word, is in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. 
By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So now he says, you're a disciple, you will bear much fruit. And if you abide in him, all these things shall come to pass. And if these things are coming to pass, then maybe you're not his disciple, and maybe you're not bearing fruit, and there's a problem in the growth process. Well, I don't know, I feel the same. I don't feel the Lord. I don't feel the praise. I don't feel like going to church because I ran out of coffee this morning. He says, he says you're a branch dying. He didn't say, do you want to go? He says, get to church, man. You need to go. Without me, you are dead in your trespasses. That's what he's saying nicely. That's what y'all wanted to hear, right? It's really motivating for 2019. I'm just saying, it's, it's important when the Lord speaks, it's important. We follow what he says. He says, I must abide in you. And you must abide in me, not you must hang out with me and then go abide by yourself. He says, you must live in me and I in you together, just like me and my father. When you see me, you've seen the father. When you've seen the father, you've seen me because there's no face of God but mine, Jesus. It's one. It's about being one. The body of Christ is one. It's not a separate. The, the arm doesn't go operate by itself without the body. The guitar doesn't go operate by itself without the band because after a while it will dry up. It's a, it's a team. And if you live with a solo on all the time, your relationships will wither. All that to get to my sermon title. Sir, solo problems. The sermon is called Solo Problems. And my relationships with everyone will wither when I live with the solo button on. Been there. But come on, I like to play, man. I like to turn it up loud and play. Anybody remember Wayne's World? One hand, two, three, four. Come on, it's bright up here. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, 100 people. Wow, I didn't know that many were in here. Remember Wayne's World? You know, you got... Wayne, Sean, I know you wanted to be Wayne. You had the wig, right? I wanted to be Garth. I had a, <laughs> hey, Wayne. <laughs> had the black rims and everything. It's, you know, Garth, whatever. I'm not a good impersonator, but this is the best I can do to keep you, you, know, keep you in the loop here so you wonder why I'm talking about Wayne's World. But you know, in Wayne's World, they had the radio show, and then, and then, then Wayne had a secret obsession with the Fender Stratocaster, not the a Korean or a foreign, the American fat strat, the real deal. You know why? Because the wood matters. It all matters. If you want it to sound good, you got to have the real deal. And he wanted the white, it was like a cream color, Color, Stratocaster and Garth played drums but they always talked about it and then one day they're in the music store and Garth's on the drums and he's like okay I'll try it out he goes I like to play and everybody's like whoa this guy's incredible and then and then Wayne's over there he's like he's pulling a Van Halen you know he's Someday I'll be able to buy this. And they leave the store. But they, Nick, is that you laughing? But the, God, I'm glad somebody did. See, they, they like to play. And it's fun to be loud. And when you can be loud enough, you can hide all your problems because people think you're cool because you're hiding with all your noise. It's cool for a minute. But this can become a problem. If I can be a, a loud, the loudest one in the room, yeah, woo, go Jesus. But I got the biggest baggage that never seems to go away when I leave the church. Because I'm hiding my problems instead of getting real with my people, with my Lord. 
It's a good way to hide for a little while. It's easy to walk to the beat of my own drum or notes, but when we change styles, we change audience, it, you got to get real for a minute. It's like, it's like music, like, uh, you know, um, I like blues. I like Christian music on the guitar, but you put me in like the metal world and I, I don't know how to play. It's foreign to me. So I stay in my world because then I can stay cool. And you think I got, I got it all going on. But you stick me in that other, that other stuff and I'm just like, I'm exposed, man. I don't want you to see that. So I'm going to stay in this crowd because they know it's cool. They like Stevie Ray Vaughan too. Okay, I can talk about Stevie Ray because they like him. But this crowd, they like Jimi Hendrix, so I can't go over there. Because they like Jimi. I, re- I withdraw to where I'm comfortable, keep making my noise, and keep keeping my issues. Drowned out by the noise. And it's hard to listen when you're the loudest one. You can't listen and talk at the same time. You can listen to yourself. But if you're always making the most noise, it's hard to really address anything someone might be able to contribute to your problem because you're not going to hear them. Because you're loud. You're soloing over the guitar player. Your, your drums are, are drowned out because the guitar player thinks he's the lead singer and he won't stop. It's not good. It's about the arrangement. It's about the arrangement. And room for improvement takes work. And when you're living in solo, you'll never improve because you can't listen to see where I need to improve at. You never stop to listen. Not only from God, from others. Some of you won't turn that solo button off, though, because it stresses you out. It scares you because it's the culture you know. You know, you've heard about prisoners wanting to go back to prison because it's what they know. They're so scared of life. How, how messed up is that? You've heard about kids getting kidnapped and they won't leave the kidnapper because they're so, they're so used to it. They, they, they could just walk out of the, you know, and they stay. Like, your brain trains itself to think that's what it should be. And it completely limits what God says, this is what I want you to do. But you keep wanting to stay here for whatever reason. Solo. Some of you don't like to turn the lead guitar off because, you know, then you'll expose some weaknesses like anxiety, nervousness, stress. I, I don't want to go find a better job because, because I might lose the one I have and then I won't have insurance. I heard that one. I got to have insurance. Why don't you go find a job that pays more? Maybe then you offset the insurance. Why, do you do not believe you're smart enough? I don't know. See, you got to go. You got to go try it, but you're scared to try it. So you're just going to stay what's, what's familiar and keep the... Keep playing the same song. A friend of mine, he worked at the same place forever, and that's cool, but he was always complaining. Well, do something about it, man. He just kept staying, like 20 years, he just kept staying the same. And he's complaining, but he was doing the same thing. Same, same attempt, same result, you know what I mean? You got to do something different if you want a different result. I mean, everybody has to change to, to change. Got to change to change. But that makes me nervous, so I'm going to keep that solo button on. I'm a perfectionist. If it can't be perfect, I won't do it. That's what happened to Eric Clapton. You probably don't know that. A little behind the music, 90s trivia for you. Eric Clapton wanted to play the blues. And he, you know, he, he was in a British rock band, Cream. And then he was, you know, Eric Clapton. And he, he didn't play the blues like he thought they should sound, so he kept quitting. Because he was such a perfectionist, he would just do nothing. And some of you just don't want to turn off the solo because that's where you're comfortable and familiar. It's just familiar and you don't like change. And people are impressed 
when I do what I know best because it comes naturally. And even when I make mistakes, if I play loud enough, no one else will know. Yes, just so you want to know, when Jimi Hendrix played so loud and he was going crazy and they thought it was creative artist expression, it's because he was high on drugs. All those notes were technically, like, that's not good. That's him messing up. But if you turn up loud enough, people think, wow, that, that guy, man, how'd he do that? Whoa. He doesn't know either. <laughs> oh, Lord. We'll settle for less than average, though, because I can't see behind my noise. Maybe your noise is your devices or your distractions. You keep the noise up loud enough, you can't hear when God's talking to you. But sometimes soloing in a different context is a good thing. That was about soloing in a negative context where the button's always on. But sometimes God wants you to take a solo for a season. It's temporary. You know, like Chloe, when she's getting ready to do her solo in Peter Pan, is for a minute. If she sang the whole play, it probably wouldn't be that good. I mean, I love her, but it would get old because it's like the same thing over and over for 30 minutes. It'd be too much. So, so now she's going to solo for a season. And that's different. And God wants us to maybe solo for a season. They're not bad if they're just temporary for a minute when you step out and do it. The isolation will give you the moment to see clearly. Come on, you know, you know when it's Christmas and you can't think because you got emails and you got shopping and you got everything and you just straight up forget it's about Jesus' birthday. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, but I got to get the presents. I gotta do and sometimes when the Christmas is over, does anybody actually get a relief sometimes? Isn't that sad? You know, like the New Year comes, you're just like, oh, no holiday get-togethers. Thank you, God. You know why? It's because you're sensory overload you need a break and sometimes you've got the you got the volume up so loud for so long you never take the break and God says I want to solo you for a season isolation will give you that moment to see clear yourself and rid yourself of dead branches well, I've been in a tree look at your branches they're dead you need a new tree I keep referencing the guitar, it's what I know. You take away the loud delay and the loud amplifiers and everything, it's brutally honest. You know, like American Idol, everybody thinks they can sing, right? Well, the best way to humble yourself is to record yourself and listen back. You go, that was me? Well, really? So, so like in the music world, like in Nashville, there's acoustic music. You go to a coffee shop, they have just an acoustic guitar. Sometimes no sound system. And they just sing and play the guitar. And that is so intimidating as a guitar player because it exposes you. There's no delay to hide behind. There's no loud amplifiers to hide behind. There's no drummer to hide behind. There's nothing to hide behind. It exposes you. You have to be completely on your own for a season to see where you're really at. Where am I really at? and it humbles your ear, and that will also humble your life when you take away the dead branches and you get in a season by yourself of pruning and you say, what, what's growing here? Another five years have gone by. I'm gonna take a break. Maybe it's time you take a solo today just for a season, just for a bit. I don't mean leave your spouses, leave your children, unless they're next door at the babysitter for a couple hours while you go clear your head at Target. I know all you moms like Target. That's a therapy. 
Well, if going to Target clears your head, then go to Target. But you need a solo for a season to reset and say, what am I doing with my life? Where am I taking my family? Where is God taking me? Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're still a, you know, a child or you're, you're a young person. You don't have children yet. Where am I trying to go? And I can't, get, I can't figure that out till I get away from the noise. Jesus declared you to live the fullest life possible, but now staying in the same mix is crushing you. Staying in the same crowd is crushing you. Staying in the same tree is crushing you. God needs you to disconnect the cord from where you've been plugging in. You think is feeding you. It may be killing you. It looks like God feels like God, but we don't go by our emotions. We go by discernment. We go by the patterns of God, not by it makes me feel good, because a lot of things can feel good but be poison, right? Come on, who's with me? Sometimes we got to disconnect. Your ears need rest. Your mind needs rest. I have airport here. I have airport headphones in my front room. You know why? Because I can't I can't concentrate when I'm trying to read. I put these airport headphones on and they're still not loud enough with four kids sometimes because I can't block out the noise to hear. When I'm studying for a sermon, I'm dead serious. I got the things on. I tried to find a stronger pair. I got the strongest there is. I can still hear my kids fighting. (laughs) It's great, but it's better. And until I isolate the sound, I can't even remember what I'm reading out of the books my brother gave me. I can't remember nothing because I can't get the sounds of my kids out of my head. It takes me a lot to really settle down and hear something. And that's how it is in life. You think you're hearing, but you don't really know you're deaf because you're so blasted by the outside noise. You don't even know it. You need some real isolation for a minute so God can get your attention. It's time to plug back in now. We soloed for a season. We got away from the dead branches. Now where do we go? Okay, okay, I got it. You said, you said I shouldn't hang around with those people. Okay, well, now I'm alone. At least they called to say hello. So what do I do with that preacher? I don't know. Ask the Lord. Find a new crowd. If they cause you to stumble, find a new crowd. If they cause you to be the same as them, they just cause you to stumble. That's scriptural. Some will stumble for pride. I'm going to stumble because I'm just not, I'm going to stay. I can do it. Stumble. Why does this keep happening to me? Because you keep doing the same thing. You keep hanging out with the same crowd. It's time to get in God's orchestra. A new crowd. A new vine that has flourishing branches. You can quit sustaining in this crowd. Because you will be fed from the vine that gives life. God's orchestra. I grew up playing the cello. I played the violin in the third grade. And then I took the cello from the fourth grade. And then by high school, I didn't really take it seriously because it was an easy A. But I look back thinking the cello was pretty cool. But what was the coolest is I remember some of the songs. My orchestra teacher, Winifred Crock in the house. We're not on live stream today, so she's not seeing me, Vincent. But maybe she'll see me on the replay. But my orchestra teacher, she's on Facebook. And she still chimes in on me and sees how I'm doing. And so she'll, she'll probably not know this, but I remember her playing Vivaldi's Four Seasons throughout school. And I just thought it was so cool because, you know, the Four Seasons is four different 
you know, uh, compositions by Vivaldi, and they had fall or autumn, I think it was called, winter, spring, and summer. And, you know, the violins were like, and then the bass, you know, and, and, you know, all these things. And orchestra may not be your thing, you know, classical music. I know, it's like opera. I hate it. I don't, I don't like to say hate often, but I don't like opera, okay, Maddie? I don't like opera. So, so whatever it is that makes you feel the cohesiveness of Christ and God's orchestra, listen to that. Because that's where God wants you to go. And for me, it made me think of, of all these four seasons because it was perfectly together. See, when you are unified in Christ, for one, and not a spread, spread mixture of theology, you're not a spread mixture of, of, of whatever God is to you. And it's just, oh, everybody's got love and love. And love. No, there's, there's like a real stuff behind us. And God is love, yes. But God wants you to know his word. And it's important we don't forget his word. And be unified. And when we get unified, we become one body. And that's what Jesus wants. You can't have branches fighting each other. You gotta have branches that go outward. If they go inward, they're gonna they're gonna smother and dry up. And you gotta have one vine who is the leader, and that is Christ, and the rest of the branches will flourish off him as one body together. You think this is bad? You should see me when I had more caffeine. <laughs> you should see me when I was a kid. My brother can vouch, I'm a calmer brother now than I used to be. Drive my mom crazy every home video. Shut up, Jeffrey. Shut up, Jeffrey. Shut up, Jeffrey. Shut up, Jeffrey. Mom, watch. Watch me kick the fan and land on my head. True story. Sometimes making a lot of noise in the room ends you up with tears because people are laughing at you because you're trying to be more than God wants you to be. He just wants you to be in his orchestra. That's the team he wants you to be in, his body. You've had a chance to disconnect, and now it's time to find help in the right places. You were designed to be in fellowship with like-minded people because they will support you. They will talk bad to you to your face and good to you behind your back. I love that. It was a quote the other day. Good people that really love you will tell you what you need to hear to your face and say great things behind your back, you know, because your body lifts you up. They support you. They want to see you flourish. They don't want to break you. Come on now. Anybody else? Nobody else feels that? Come on. It's okay to be the first one. We got one. We got two. I know everybody's scared to be, but look at me. I got to do it by myself. Come on. It's okay to be excited for God. It's okay to know that this is a real thing. It's okay. It's okay, too, that, you know, it's quiet. I just, I got pushed. It's fun. It's okay to be excited, though, because this is real stuff. This is not a show. This is not a novel. This is the word of God that's everlasting and never parting from eternity. And we were designed to be in fellowship together, one body, united, like-minded. And when we find that body, we will find joy. We will find fulfillment. When we are sick, we will be lifted up. When we are happy, we will share it with our brother. We will tell everybody good things we have done. We will unite together and share the Great Commission. One seed, yes, that's why it's called that, at a time. That's why it's called that. It's about planting seed. And God wants to put you in his orchestra. And his hev- the Heavenly Father is the conductor. And when your relationships are with the mute button, the solo button on, you will wither. You need an orchestra. Then God will support you through his body. When you are weak, he will supply your strength. The synergy of the body makes the greatest sound. Not Van Halen, 18 minutes in. The whole band makes the greatest 
sound. The synergy, if you look up our core values on the website, yeah, we have some. They're on there. It says the synergy of all the parts together is, is what we strive for because no one person can do it in their, in their gifted area. It takes the body operating together. The arm just can't sit there and flutter while the legs aren't working. It takes a body. We are to be the body, the arms and feet. When we become born again, we become the body. That's why we have been born again. We are now a new body. We have taken on the arms and feet of Christ because he has ascended and now bestowed the commission on us to do the same in his place. We are one with him. What you abide in will abide in you. Whatever that is, you'll become one, whether it's good or bad. You have to figure out what you want to abide in. Abide in, not visit. Abide in. I go home to my house. I live in it. I don't visit my house. I live in my house. Where is your house? Some of you go, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe your house has been, your relationship with God has been more like a vacation resort. You just go there once a week. Like Easter. Most of, most of the culture, right? We visit God. We don't abide in God. We want to abide in God because that's when we're going to see the real foods bear in our season. God wants you to be a disciple in his orchestra. If you could all stand with me as we close. We're one now. One-year-olds, you know, I'm, I'm a dad. I'm not a mom. But my wife would say, Tina would probably say a one-year-old is about walking. They're starting to walk, right? They're starting to eat jar food. Yeah, jar food? One? No, okay, not yet. No jar food. Felix, I know you're, you have a new baby. Uh, you know, they're eating some cereal. They're, they're, they're growing. They're walking. We were one last Sunday. The devil tried to snow us out. Come on, devil. Get beneath my feet, Satan. We're just going to bump it to this week because this is the day we're celebrating being a one-year-old. We're no longer an infant. We are a toddler. And we're going to keep growing and no longer need milk. We're going to eat meat, start chewing. Soon, we're still on the formula, but we're walking. One year. We made it one year. My relationships will wither when I live with the solo button on. If you want to make it one year, if you want to make it at all, you need a team. You need relationships. If you want to make it home, you need help, like your car. Someone made your car. You need a team. You need Jesus. Just because it looks like you got it under control. When you turn 40, you might go, I don't know about this. Maybe I need God more than I thought. All those black balloons and everything. That's the greatest idea ever. It's the greatest thing when your son goes, Dad, in 10 years you're going to be 50. <laughs> I mean, that just feels great on your birthday, says my son on my birthday. He starts crying because I was going to be 50 in 10 years. I said, son, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing that to daddy? We cried together. I'm just kidding. I said, just because, just because 10 years don't make it, I'm going to be dead. Relax, boy. It was humbling. But it did, all seriousness, especially late at night. I think every night, what am I doing? Am I doing the best I can do? God, I see, I see the windows shrinking. It's temporary. This life is a season. 
Eternity is the grand picture. This life is a stepping stone to eternity. It don't mean we abandon this life. It means we invest fully in what is most important in this life. What is it to you? Where will you abide in the time you have? Because it could end tomorrow. Don't know. God willing it not. God willing it flourish forever. And we reach people and we do all these things. So why we have the opportunity, unlike Manique in Bangladesh, we give it our all. We have the opportunity to worship. We have the opportunity to invite people to this amazing facility God has blessed us with. It's incredible. I never thought God would put this school in our lap. You know this school had a brand new auditorium, and the week I called, they said, we just got our permit. Do you want it? I'm dead serious. What? No, I don't want it. I'm scared. Okay, I'll go see it. I took it that day. I said, that's it. God put that in our lap. God gave us an opportunity. And when we see an opportunity, we want to invest it all to really see things happen. And when we capitalize and take action on opportunity, God will change lives. It's that simple. What is the source of your sound this morning? I'm not talking about what you were listening to in the car. That's a different sermon. Jesus wants you to shift your focus to him today and quit sharing all that stuff on social media that no one cares about. Spend your time in the Lord. You'll find joy. No one cares. You're poisoning yourself. You're tricking yourself. Come to church. Come find God. You're tricking yourself. The devil wants you to think it's okay to eat that apple, but God said don't touch it. Come on now. What is the source of your sound? Just because it sounds similar doesn't mean it is. Come on now. We want to find God's orchestra. And God, Jesus wants you to shift your focus today. He wants you to be on his team, not the world's. He wants you to focus on godly, like-minded, unified relationships that uplift, that don't dog you, that don't knock you, that don't say garbage behind your back, that aren't tail-bearing. Yeah, that means gossip. We don't do that stuff because we are the light of the world. We show love, right, Jim? We share love. That's what this is about. We, we love people, and we tell them what they need to hear sometimes because we love them. It doesn't mean we beat them over the head, but we love them, and we do everything in love. We don't, we don't play this game. We love. We do the Great Commission the best we can. One waters, one increases, and God, one waters, one plants. God gives the increase. He's ready to be your vine today. He's ready to be your vine. The vine's been there for a long time for some of you. If you could all bow your head with me as we pray right now on this one-year celebration. Lord, we come to you in your mighty name, the only name given among men that we can be saved. No other name can save us but you, Jesus. And we are thankful. And we, we speak out of energy because we are thankful. It's gratitude. The energy you feel, the energy we give is thankfulness. When I shout for joy, it's because I believe, God, that you have a plan for everybody in this world. That it's not about me. It's about what you're going to do to their lives if they step out in faith and take action and quit playing the world's game. And they want to see real fruit bear. They need to go find the good vine and join your orchestra, Lord. Help us have a good week, Lord. Help us celebrate 
one year it's a real accomplishment we are thankful for one year and though the world doesn't see it we see it and we are grateful and we're looking forward to two years and three years and five years and ten years and the next generation and the next generation until the rapture comes we are building your kingdom put your hand on us this week let us let us evaluate where we're at this week as we go about our normal business and say what sound am i making who am i hanging out with where could i be better how do i get in your army god help me help me see it jesus clearly because we know you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you and if everybody can say in jesus name amen